This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Mo Samson Folk, and today you're joining me after the Raptors' 112-109 preseason win over the Charlotte Hornets. And if you're wondering, didn't this happen just a couple days ago? It is a consequence or perhaps a, a benefit. Well, definitely the way they structured it, a benefit of the season that teams will be playing something that is closer to MLB-style series where they play a couple games in a city this season. That is reflected in the preseason as well. So the Raptors travel to Charlotte. They pick up two wins in the preseason of their three preseason games. They're going to head back out to Miami to finish their third preseason game. And then they're going to have four days, I believe, in between that and their first game of the regular season. New Orleans Pelicans, December 23rd. Friday, December 18th for that final preseason game against Miami. So there's still stuff to figure out, obviously, Nick Nurse, in his post-game comments, actually expressed disappointment in Chris Boucher and Matt Thomas, those two in particular. Malachi Flynn received praise from his teammates. Fred Van Vliet, perhaps the most interesting quote, was that Malachi has the humbleness to ask for advice and the swagger to go out and do it. That's paraphrasing, of course, not a direct quote. But it's nice to see that he's getting love. Maybe a little bit disappointing if you're a big fan of Boucher or Thomas that after their game, there's a harsh response, especially since these games as a fan seem of little consequence. But sometimes you can forget that for these players, these short amount of minutes that they have to just go prove themselves, especially for a guy like Matt Thomas, who after the first game, you had people on Raptors Republic, people on Twitter, people in, you know, homes everywhere saying maybe Matt Thomas is the sixth man this year. He's going to be great. And to go from that in game one of the preseason to... Nick Nurse openly lamenting how he played in game two. I mean, it's always been, I guess Nurse has always been kind of tough on guys in the media. That's how he likes to operate. There are, you know, differing opinions on how good that approach is. Nurse is a proven winner. So an interesting thing to see, just especially since it's preseason. We saw something similar last year, but it was it was coming off a championship year. I, regardless, you want that championship mentality. It is what it is, the Raptors. 112-109, a similarly sloppy game in this one against the Hornets. And in some facets, more sloppy because over the course of the game, they were less dominant, but they didn't give up a 22-0 run like they did in the first preseason game. So that was nice to see. The first half, they played catch-up for most of it because the Hornets, guys like P.J. Washington, the Martins, Lamelo Ball, Rozier, Devontae Graham. They hit some triples. Cody Zeller, he brought a little bit of that tough, bruising post play that is, you know, it does get you somewhere in the preseason. 
they have obviously not maximized that position in previous years for regular season play, but Cody Zeller, his aggressive brand of play, he's smart. He put himself in the right positions. He put a little bit of pressure on the Raptors. On the other end, Pascal Siakam still enjoying the pressure-free environment of the preseason, just working on those pull-ups, be it in the mid-range, be it from downtown. He wants to get those jumpers in. He's clearly very focused on that being a part of his game going forward. And and we've known this, but it's just that's clearly what he's trying to do in the in this preseason. In the regular season, probably be a lot more likely to see post-ups against mismatches, dishing out of those positions, pick and roll play that gets him a mismatch, just going towards the rim more often, that kind of stuff, and drawing those mismatches creating those advantages and seeing what the Raptors can do to capitalize on them. Just all the stuff we've come to know Pascal for, basically. So that's not happening in the preseason. He's kind of, he's got a little bit of the ball. He's pulling up. Fred Van Vliet, I thought, had a fantastic game. He was really, really fun to watch in this one. Malachi Flynn and Fred and Terrence Davis, actually, those three guards, I think, did most of the heavy lifting in this game. DeAndre Bembry, Alex Len. Yuta Watanabe, I thought those guys were also big-time positives. As I said at the top, Matt Thomas, not a very good game, wasn't able to impress himself on the offense, and that's basically what he's there to do, right? OG Ananobi, we did not see this huge, revolutionized offensive game, the extra handle, the advanced handle that we saw in the first game. The Raptors, he just didn't have as many opportunities He wasn't as aggressive or as assertive. That's fine, but that's just how it came out at the top of the game. And as we know, the starters play the first half, basically. So like they get like 18, 20 minutes in the first half. They kind of load up, and then they don't play the rest of the game. While we're talking about the starters, I will mention that, and surprisingly, because he, I think, should have a statistical and eye test case for Defensive Player of the Year this year, OG Ananobi, although he probably won't receive votes, but I think the game will be there. He was bad defensively in this game, which at this point with how good we know he is, is more of kind of a thing to laugh about and chuckle like, oh, I guess he just really didn't want to bring it tonight because he was getting lost on screens. The initial burst that Gordon Hayward had, which is not fantastic, was able to get by OG in isolation just something you're not used to seeing and something new to watch, I guess, is OG scrambling a little bit and then deciding he doesn't want to scramble. So Hayward gets downhill and has time to make decisions, hit shots, that kind of stuff. So point of attack defense, not very good from Powell or or OG in particular in the first half. The Raptors starters didn't look good in game one, didn't look very good in game two. The run they made came in the second quarter when Van Vliet was off ball. Van Vliet had seven points in the row in the first quarter. I thought he played great. There were a couple disappointing forays into the paint where he should have, you know, used a floater or pulled up a little bit earlier, but got in too tight, got blocked. It's a developing part of his game. That's fine, but it's just something that happened. In the second quarter, DeAndre Bembry, Malachi Flynn, they're on ball a little bit more, and we get to see Van Vliet working off ball and he was just on a heater hitting three pointers. He had a buzzer beater to end the half, which was a double pump. And his awareness, I thought as an off ball threat was fantastic. He was super fun to watch. 
He was explosive, made all the right decisions, I thought. And defensively, once again, just very, very capable of mucking up any type of action that the opposing team wants to do near him. The digs on big men that are not extremely dominant in the post, like if Jaden McDaniels is in there and Fred VanVleet is lurking, the chances that, you know, a steal percentage of like 3% is really, really high in the NBA. But it feels like if that's the possession that the Hornets are going to run, in those types of possessions, Fred VanVleet is going to have a steal percentage of like 25%. Like one out of four times, he's going to snatch the ball away from him. He's just really, really good at doing that. And then jump starting transition the other way. First half, anything else that happened that was fun? Not from the Raptors, really. Malachi Flynn did his thing. Runs very, very competent pick and roll possessions. Loved his loved his play. I thought he was great. He was maybe, actually, I should say probably, definitely was the second best player for the Raptors on the floor tonight. He didn't close the game but he had a great run to start the fourth quarter. He looked like the best player on the floor. He fit well along the, you know, the players who are higher on the pecking order, upwards on the roster, just showing the duality in his game as an off-ball guy, as an on-ball guy, capable of making decisions, capable of making and taking his own game and imprinting it on the floor. And it's, it's fantastic to see a guy who's comfortable to wait and a guy who has that sense in a basketball game of when it's time for him to take his own shots, when it's time for him to force the issue. Really nice to see. And he does, even though it's just a preseason game, he does seem to have that sense. The second half, I mean, there was some fun stuff to see, but it was sloppy basketball. You see guys like Utah Watanabe who are rangy defensively, active hands defensively, and show a little bit of rebounding pop. He's also flashing really well to the middle when guys are trapped with the ball in their hands on offense. Shows a really good sense for moving off ball there. Probably, you know, O'Shea Brissett also, I think, did well playing with his limitations to his game. But between those two, Watanabe looks like the better player. Whether you feel, if you're the Raptors, a sense of loyalty to Brissett, a guy who's been, you know, in the organization for longer, a guy who as a, you know, and he's been training with the 905 and developing a game that's supposed to fit well with the Raptors. Watanabe, a guy who's just coming in this year, but is maybe a more ideal fit next to the guys they have in-house. Remains to be seen, but Watanabe is making a really great case for himself. Paul Watson, last game, and sorry I'm not like walking through the second half, but it's not very fun basketball. There isn't like a narrative to these games. I understand like, During the regular season, I do a narrative. I walk through a game and, you know, take small breaks to explain what's happening. In a game like this, this preseason game, it's just broken up. It is dysfunctional basketball. The rotations are a mess. The basketball is a mess a lot of the times. And there's not really a narrative. It's just broken up into pieces of what guys were doing at different times. So Paul Watson in this game wasn't able to make a difference as a scorer. He was still positive when he was on the floor. How much of that was sharing the floor with guys like Davis and Flynn and Alex Len? I'm not sure, but not a great game for him. But he's still, he's a positive defensively, so you can't knock him too much. Alex Len, I think he is immense in the paint. He, I've talked about this many times before. I wrote about this. I voiced my 
you know, I wanted Alex Len on the team, regardless if they signed Gasol, regardless if they signed Ibaka. I thought that Alex Len was a really good pickup to make, especially since he's on a minimum and he's just a one-year contract. There's like no risk. He was fantastic as a rim defender last year for the Kings. He moved well off of Trey Young when he was with the Hawks. And I thought, this is a guy who's going to come onto the Raptors. If he has any playing time that overlaps with Kyle Lowry, he's going to score in the pick and roll sometimes. He can occasionally space the floor. And he is an extremely good rim deterrent. And he did that in this game. So when the Hornets were used to this free-flowing game, Alex Lenz minutes, he comes on the floor and he just absolutely pops a stopper on the rim and everything kind of shifts. They have to start playing offense differently. DeAndre Bembry, I loved his game. I thought he was really good as a point of attack defender. I wrote about him as a chaos creator, a guy who in broken plays can make a really special pass. And you know what? They actually used him as an initiator in this game. So that was cool to see too. As I said, point of attack defense, good. Pretty good coverage on the back end. I liked that as well. O'Shea Brissett, really, he punched gaps offensively. He did a good job of getting to the line, was happy with his game. I talked about this already. So the guys who disappointed or, you know, just weren't able to win their minutes, as we've seen, you know, in game one as well, a very, very dysfunctional defensive group. They almost gave up the lead at the end of the game. And it's that four-man group of Jalen Harris, Stanley Johnson, Elise Johnson, and Henry Ellison. Those guys individually all have, you know, NBA skills. How many of those guys are NBA players that will hang around? Like how many of those guys are going to be in the NBA in three years? I'm not sure. Jalen Harris, great first step. As I said in the last podcast, gets pushed off his spot very easily. He's a slight player and the on-ball stuff just is not working for him at this point because he's getting pushed off his spot. So even if he gets a bit of a lead, he gets that first step, he's not able to take it into the rim or get into dangerous spots on the floor and make the defense worry. It's tough for him to break down in one-on-one defense. So he has to be a guy who moves off ball. Towards the end of the game, he was the on-ball initiator, just put in a position where he is almost not meant to succeed, right? Alize Johnson, a plus rebounder, decent defender, can bring the ball up, can handle a little bit. It's just pairing him next to Henry Ellenson. Those two guys are not going to guard the floor well, especially when they're not familiar, especially when Jalen Harris is on the floor as well. They're just going to bleed points. And Stanley Johnson, at his best last game, when he was passing the ball, he had some interesting passes that were made that were seemed like really good reads, above average reads. In this game, that wasn't really the case. He was not as effective on ball as he was last game. The, but the, the difference is very small in the NBA. So, you know, maybe I'm reading in it into it too much. But at this point, these guys have to make an impression. And if they don't, as I said at the top of the podcast, Nick Nurse considers these as opportunities to show out. And if you don't, he's going to be disappointed. So that is something that's happening with this team. Uh Nick Nurse himself, I mean, would it be fun to see really, really interesting looks from the Raptors during these games? Yeah. Have we seen that? Not really. Has the offensive, you know, play calling been extremely invigorated with lots of creativity? I wouldn't say so. It's it doesn't really matter. For him, a 
a coach who's won an NBA championship, who's hailed as one of the best coaches in the league. It doesn't really matter what his decision making is in these preseason games. So that's that's fine. The other side of the floor, LaMelo Ball, fun, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. Not an overwhelming backcourt duo, but an underrated one. They were fun. P.J. Washington, I like a lot. I think he's a great player. I'm interested to see what happens with him. And Gordon Hayward is the best player on the Hornets. He's he's good. He was underrated last year, and he's a, he's a good player. Okay. Top quick reaction comment from N8. I believe that means Nate. So Nate says, Flynn is the definition of an NBA-ready rookie. He just belongs up there. Yeah, three years in college, one year as a red shirt. Well, four years in college, one year as a red shirt, I should say. Spent a lot of time polishing his game, honing his skills, and he's adapted to the speed of the NBA really well. We saw a couple different variations of the pick and roll for him in this game. He scored in basically every way. He d- he was a three-level scorer in this game. He scored at the bucket. He scored in the mid-range twice. And he hit a pull-up three from downtown, all out of the pick and roll. That's awesome to see. That's really, really fun, especially when the Raptors clearly need a bit of help on the creative side of the ball, in the half court especially. So really nice to see him doing that. Was a massive fan of what he's willing to do out there and what he's capable of. The Raptors, it seems, and this sentiment is being said elsewhere, but may have gotten what some would deem a lottery talent as you know in the 29th pick so really fun very happy that he's been drafted thanks for writing that out nate the reggie evans award which of course goes to the guy who most properly embodies reggie evans and i'm uh i'm gonna give it up to aaron baines bone crushing screens i was more impressed with his movement on the defensive end this game lots of boxing out maybe not grabbing as many boards as reggie evans would but certainly helping the defensive rebounding out quite a bit. And those screens, man, just that brutish, built-like-a-monster type of presence on the floor that, you know, when he's setting that screen, other players know. And if they don't know, you know, you could be looking at, like, a dislocated collarbone, shoulder. Fun fact, actually, I when I was playing uh, basketball when I was younger, a guy who was chasing me, well, it was like full court press, but my big man set a screen on him and popped his shoulder out of his socket. It was very gross. It looked like it hurt a lot. I would do not envy him one bit. And yeah, Aaron Baines presents that danger to any NBA player who doesn't know he's setting a screen. So yeah, he gets Reggie Evans award. That's it for me though. Preseason game in the books, two and zero in the preseason so far. The Raptors, a few fun guys emerging, and uh, yeah. And if you're looking at a guy like Siakam or OG or whoever else, probably not too much to worry about, just preseason. But thank you for tuning in. That's it for me. And whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.